What is going on, everybody? DNVR Biz. It is an amazing Monday. I'm so excited to get this week going. We are even closer to sports. I'm just holding my fingers together, hoping we get across the finish line and get to a season starting. Please get to a season starting. I have an amazing guest today, just one of the most talented people that I know, and really a guy that's really close to me and really important to the company, Adam Marez. Adam is our VP of Creative Production, one of my partners here. He's really a guy that doesn't get a ton of credit, comparably speaking, because me and Ryan have done this so long that everyone thinks Brandon and Ryan, Brandon and Ryan, but really it's Brandon, Ryan, Eric, and Adam. And, you know, Eric, of course, does all of our branding. Uh, You guys know him as D-Line and really paints the picture of what this company looks like. Well, Adam is this other visionary that has came in and, you know, on so many different levels, whether it, it is the way that the videos, you know, look when we launch or had a big part of, of the way that the draft day video looked, the draft day live stream, all the graphics and the way that that works on the back end and just kind of organizing that production from an aesthetic point of view, right? Because Allie's our executive producer. She does such an amazing job there and, and she really crafts all of that. But Adam really, from a visual perspective and, and installing the vision throughout the company, that first video when we launched for the rebrand, you know, Adam spent a ton of time on that. Eric designed the slides. We sent it to somebody that was really amazing at creating things like that. They created a stuff, went back to Adam. Adam was pulling an all-nighter just to make it right so really just getting that feel out there and making things cool right adam has this ability to understand the way that things should feel and look and sound and it's it's something that not a lot of people have and he's brought that to this company and as time goes on you'll start hearing that name a lot more when we talk about the business side of dnvr because he really has a lot to do with it we have what we call the partner slack and it's essentially just a a slack channel of course that has me ryan adam and and eric in it and you know it's really a place where we can just be vulnerable and ask questions and say what did you guys think of this And, and what do you think of that and look at this and you know it's crazy because We've been through so much together as a group now, just because of not only the rebrand and that launch and going through sports seasons, but then COVID and everything shut down and the bar opening and the bar closing and all of these trials. It's like we've been all working together for years now. And of course, me and Ryan have. But as far as Adam's concerned, I mean, even in this podcast, we talk about Adam starting last September. And I just even wanted to interrupt that because it just doesn't even sound accurate. I I feel like I've been working with Adam for years now. And part of that's probably because I was trying to get him to come here for years. But anyway, great interview. Adam drops a ton of knowledge on this. So you're really going to enjoy that. Let's get to that interview. So before we can do that, we need to jump into the book. This week, I am reading Mindset. And this was one that Yu Chang Chang recommended. And this is a really fascinating book. This is based on the mindset that is fixed versus the mindset of growth. And I think at its surface, that doesn't sound that deep. You're like, oh yeah, fixed mindset, someone who just thinks everything's the way it is and you're born the way you are and the world is the way it is. And and a growth mindset, which is that everything can change and anything can improve and anybody can be anybody. And and of course, 
I'm going to rest on that side. The quote for this week out of this book is, many of the most accomplished people of our era were considered by experts to have no future or potential. And, and I love that idea. You know, one of the things that this book talks about is how we reward people for the results instead of the effort. And that's actually what creates a culture of quitting and a culture of people not trying things. And, and it actually creates less effort because people have this idea that if they can't do something, it's because they're not good at it. So they should do something else that they're good at instead of going back and trying over and over again and getting better and better at that. And if we, if, if we rewarded effort, then you would see actually a lot more change. You would see a lot more progression. You would see a lot more growth because all people would have to do then is try as hard as they can to improve uh, and they would be rewarded for that. So it's a really great book. Recommend that one. I'm about halfway through that already. So we'll, we'll get through that one this week. Uh, it's going to have some really great quotes. I already have more than that written down. Let's go to stocks. Listen, this one's not going to be exciting, but we have to talk about it. Amazon, it's over $3,000 a share. Okay. <laughs> Amazon is up 6% as of market close on Friday, on Monday rather. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. We're talking about a stock that's over $3,000 per share right now. This is a stock that is delivering anything and everything to anybody everywhere. They say that if everyone's your customer, then nobody's your customer. And that's absolutely right. Unless you're Amazon, whatever disruption is there in the world, it leans to Amazon's favor always. And so like we talk about how this pandemic has accelerated, you know, the things that were going down are going down far faster. The things that were going up are going up faster. Very true with, in the case of Amazon, over $3,000 uh, record highs day over day over day. Let's go to Bitcoin. Bitcoin's up to 9280. It's about three points up, which is good because it's been hovering at about 9,000, 9050, 9100 for the last three or four days. So 9280, but still right there in the low nines, which is what it's been for pretty much the entire time I've done this podcast. So not much has changed. That'll do it for today's report. Let's go to the interview. Adam Marez, my partner here at DNVR. The New York Times side Staying alive was no job Had second hands Moms bounced on old men So then we moved to Shallon Land A young dude Adam, thanks for joining me, man Thanks so much for having me on Well, July 5th, 2020 We're sitting in an empty bar <laughs> Waiting yeah. for sports to start It's in the middle of a pandemic One that we thought was going to be over by now And looks like we're not even sure if we're if we're even out of the blocks. So what the hell are we doing here at the DNVR? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, just crossing our fingers, counting our lucky stars, hoping uh, hoping this is the final month where we're not talking about sports for a long time. Yeah, let's, let's jump into some of the stuff that we've been up to here because it's been pretty crazy. I feel like we've just been launching things and just trying to create things without even the benefit of being able to put yeah. a lot of planning around them just because we had literally no idea when sports were going to start, when we were going to have anything relevant to talk about. So it's been a pretty crazy time. This is weird to say, but I feel like I've learned a lot from this experience. 
just in that we we didn't have enough time to get comfortable with DNVR, right? Like we launched in September and it just felt like stuff was happening nonstop. And maybe right around the end of February, early March, I, I felt like a little settled in. And maybe that was a bad thing. Maybe this was like, hey, you can never be settled in. You have to always be constantly thinking of something new because since this era of social distancing and no sports and everything else, like we've had to completely reinvent in a lot of ways. And I, there is a part of me that thinks like we pushed ourselves mentally and creatively over the last several months and maybe that's just the key you always have to push yourself every single month whether you have a you know uh, something pressuring you to push yourself or not well this is a great segue into what i want to talk about here to start which is video specifically live video Mm. and this is something that you're really passionate about and this is something that you've really led the company in and not even necessarily in a wide approach but uh, from from beat to beat You've went into each team, first started it with the Nuggets, of course, and then have went to to each beat and have kind of installed this live programming. And it started with the draft show and obviously lots of people behind that. But really the visualization of it, the way that it looks, the way that it feels is kind of your baby on, on a lot of these live streams that we do here. So I guess why don't you just maybe talk to the listeners about kind of how you got to this place, what you see when you look at live stream video, uh, when does it replace TV? Just kind of, you know, mm. just just this whole kind of why we're here right now and why you think it matters later. Well, I would actually say that it didn't start there. It started before. I mean, the Winner's Lounge was a thing we started doing all the way back in like December or November. Right. I don't know sure. when our first Winner's sure. and Loser's Lounge was filming. Very different than what they look like now, but yeah. But it was the same idea, and I think the idea was you watched a game. It was fun, and then it's over. And you're kind of like, especially if it's an exciting game, you're, you have all this energy and maybe you have a friend to call. Maybe you have, you know, you're going to go on and start reading stuff. But I think when there's, especially when there's a really good moment and with the community, obviously that we've built here at DNVR, you don't want it to end. It's like, okay, now I want to talk. The game happened. Now it's the talk. You think about like a date, you go watch a movie then you grab dinner and talk about the movie or whatever. This is the same idea. We're doing this is like a date with our audience. We just had an incredible game. Now let's all hang out and talk about it and, and have people on. So I think it really started with the Winner's Lounge, and those were just so much fun. I always think back to that game the Nuggets beat the Utah Jazz with only seven players. It was maybe like the most excited. Yes, and gra- that was amazing. And, and I just wanted to hit record immediately, and I think everybody wanted to watch immediately. And so it was, it was those types of experiences that made me think, this is cool. They're not that complicated to do, given today's technologies. If we can get creative with them, we can create this environment where everybody's partying and hanging out after a game. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that's crazy is that somebody told me you know, a couple of weeks ago, they essentially said, I think that for my age group, and I, this person, I think was 26, 27 was, they were saying that is the, the, the Nuggets post game show for me, Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's my official unofficial post game show. And I think that that's the, that's the goal, right? Ac- across all beats and not necessarily even to just that audience, but to everybody. But that kind of goes back to the question, like, when do you think that we're in a position to where everybody consumes post-game like that as an uh, industry? When you say everybody, it's tough because the age, I mean, we're just talking about multiple generations and the generations do get their news and their information and their entertainment differently. But I think if you just look south of 30 for sure, but even if you're going up to 40, I mean, I'm 36, a lot of my friends now, 
either don't have cable or or they're just used to turning on their Apple TV and going to YouTube. That's not a weird thing to say like, oh, I'll watch a YouTube live stream. Yeah. We talk about video games a lot here. It's 10 years ago, if you'd have said there's people that pay, or, you know, that'll go online and watch other people play video games, you say that's insane. Now it's like a hobby a lot of people have. Me and Ryan are going to stream tonight in front of exactly. I'm sure a couple hundred people or whatever. Exactly. So you asked me, like, when will it take over? I just think it's it's already here with people in a certain age bracket. And now it's just about, as is the case with anything, the format gets created and then the most creative people master that and, and, and sort of push the envelope. And Hopefully we can be the people that are both creating this this sort of type of, of medium and then also constantly pushing the boundaries with it. We talked so much leading up to this point. Really, you know, we had had a really big vision for what this bar was going to be. We rushed a ton of this as far as the construction and the redesign yeah, and all this yeah. so that we'd be ready for playoffs and point in time that we never got ended up getting to. But is there? Do you think that there's a positive here that, that's happened uh, outside of this kind of thing that you mentioned at the beginning that pushed us to, to be more creative? But is there a positive with timing? Do you like the idea of all these sports colliding, a potentially mm. short off season? Like, just from that perspective, like, uh, is this postponement? What are the pluses of it? Well, you know, one of the pluses is it's allowed us to kind of step back and, like I said, reevaluate, come up with new formats that are going to carry us. I mean, I don't know that we would have had a DNBA live show that's something I've become very proud of. I think our audience has really enjoyed. I don't know if we would have had that had it not been for this. And there's a lot of different things like that. You talk about gaming, you know, you talk about maybe even bets. There's a lot of things that have come out of this because we've been forced into it. It was either survive by coming up with new things or, or don't. So I think those things are, are are good. And then when you talk about, if you step back from just DNVR, you know, this is a Broncos town. It always, it has been, always will be. But the Broncos now take a back seat a little bit for the next couple of months. And the Rockies, Avs, and Nuggets take a front seat. Those are, those are the teams. And even if you're not a fan of those teams, their seasons are so condensed and everybody has a chance that it's just like, hey, if you ever were going to pay attention to the Rockies and you never have before, this is the time. It's like the other sports in a football format. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's a sprint for all of it. It's March Madness. It's like, yeah, hey, yeah, wait, yeah, you're yeah, telling yeah. me the Rockies can win the World Series? Like, all right, let's do it. The Broncos or the Nuggets can win the, the NBA championship. I mean, their odds, I think, are higher than they were before all of this, so... I think if if you just stand back and say we went this long without sports, now you're gonna get like, you're gonna get like more sports than ever before in such a short amount of time. What does this town look like if the Nuggets win a world championship? Man, that's such a good question. I've always thought about what it would look like if they won. Like you could go the best case scenario. You have a young team and the, the John Elway method, where you kind of fight for a whole career and then at the end you finally reach the mountaintop. That's the best. I think winning it in a pandemic where there's no parade and nobody in the arenas and there's no I think part of me thinks it would be sweet but but maybe the least sweet of a possible chance <laughs> it so, would be nug life it would be so <laughs> nug life can you imagine I don't even know if Jokic would come back to Denver like if they had a championship I don't even know if he would step back here to like wave or anybody you know it'd just be like all right he's gone and that's a thing you could watch on TV or something everyone's like no parade no parade yeah. no parade and then we wouldn't even hear from Jokic again till January when they come back so it would be weird but hey I'll, I'll take it Let's talk about podcast. Podcast is the backbone of this company. And even we just talked about live streams. All of those are still podcasts. 
you know, I think that it's safe to say that for all of the amazing things you've done here in Denver, you've left your mark on podcasts. Yeah, I think so too. The most. So how do you feel about podcasts right now? And then how do you feel about it in the future? I know that, and, and let me just put some context around this question. I think that right now there's kind of jokes that everyone has a podcast, yeah. you know, in industry wise, people talk about saturation you can't buy podcast equipment, right? It's like sold out. Right, um, right. We're waiting for our microphone arms for our studio, you know? So how are you feeling about the space in general? I mean, I think it's, like you said, 10 years ago, there were the first wave of people that came into it. And some of your big name podcasters came through that. Your Joe Rogans and your Bill Simmons. They were the first in line to do that. And they're talented as well. Now, as you mentioned, everybody on earth has a show. And I think what's nice about podcasts, and this is true, not just of podcasts, but of a lot of things that just digital media allows is the cream rises to the top, right? Like now everybody has a show, but who's listening to other people's shows? You only, only the best can survive and everybody has a pla uh, an opportunity to be the best. What I like about podcasting though, is that much like all of this stuff we're trying to do at DNVR is there's no format. Television very rarely deviates from what it does. Radio, very rare. They all have sure, the same style. Sure. Maybe you have a person call in or whatever, and you have a board off or whatever. Podcasting can be a documentary. It can be an interview. It can be a roundtable. It can be it can be anything. There's just no, there's almost no limitations to it other than your own creativity. So what I like about it is you can speak directly to your audience. I have people come up to me on watch parties that are talking to me like I've met them before. And then they'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot we haven't met. I just feel like I have because <laughs> I listen to you every day. Right, right. And I love that. So they're very intimate. I think Eric, uh, our, our partner, Eric Weedham always says this. When you listen to a podcast, that person lives inside of your earbuds. Like they live literally inside your head. So it's a very intimate sort of relationship you have with your audience. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Eric said that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, let's talk about the growth of just DNVR as a brand and, you know, just what that was like from your perspective. I know that Ryan had said that the rebranding and the slogan that comes out, we are Denver, that it meant it, it changed everything for him and his comfort zone to be more natural mm, yeah because he all of a sudden felt like wait we are denver yeah, yeah we are denver and then we became denver and then it was okay to be for denver right and we kind of were able to to take off some of this faux pro stuff right know? so yeah. so was there any of that on your side i know you've always towed the line really well and then just, you know, all in all, what did the rebrand kind of represent and that time kind of represent for you as you were just kind of coming over? Yeah, well, I think for all of us here at the company, we love Denver sports, but equally we love our city. Like we just love Denver. Like we're Denver people. Right, we're like right. so proud of this city and like... <laughs> It, it almost in weird ways sometimes. Like we know some of our takes about restaurants that were like, that's terrible restaurants should never leave. We, like yeah. we love it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. we're all we're all really proud for the city. But going back to your original question about like bias or whatever, it's my favorite question. When I came into this, I I wasn't hoping to be anything. I just was like, I love basketball. I love talking about it. I'm going to try it out. And then there was these people that were telling you, hey, you you know. You have to be unbiased. You have to uh, you have to be emotionless or this or that. And I'd always talk to these people outside, and I knew what their opinions were on things. And then they would write quote unquote unbiased things. And I'd be like, No, you are biased. You're just pretending that you don't have a bias. Right, right, right. And, and 
I always say there are certain people, there are certain journalists out there who have emotionally removed themselves from whatever sport they are covering, and that allows them to write certain types of stories that maybe I can't or can't write as well. But guess what? There are certain types of stories that from doing that, you can't write that I can because I am. And this is what I think people connect with with me, and I think it's what people have connected with DNVR is, one, they have to believe you. You can't just be like the Homer with the wool you know, over your eyes. You have, to, you have to be believable. You have to know what you're talking about. But they have to, they feel your emotion. You get to share in the emotions that they are feeling. And I think that's when you really resonate most at your core. And that's the thing we've, talked, we've tapped into. So we're all biased. But here at DNVR, it's like, look, we at least understand where our biases have come from. And we try to be authentic and accurate from it. And I think that authenticity is the most important thing, especially in this day and age where people grow up on social media, on Instagram. So many things are so inauthentic that when you are an authentic company and you are an authentic person, people re- it stands out so much that people are like so drawn to it. Yeah, yeah. Being real, you can't, nobody can copy you being real. 100%. Yeah. Yes. They just can't yeah. copy it. They can't like emulate that. 100%. You know? <laughs> Especially that. you being weird. Right. Real, right. You're so fucking weird. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> man, I, 100%. Like, but you know, I always say this is like, everybody wants to be so cool or so this or that. Like, I think I'm a little cool. I think I'm a little this or that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know I'm weird. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Just lead into that and people will see it and they'll be like, it is weird, but you know what? It's completely unique. Let's talk about the week of the bar launch slash pandemic slash everything closing down. So we were actually going to do a podcast called Inside DNVR. And the first episode is really cool. And I wrote it and we had all these quotes and, and interviews and stuff. And then. We, we decided it was a little too inside that, and we just, you know, I said, well, well the guy said, why don't you just do a, a podcast um, on your own and interview people and do business stuff and, and whatever. So yeah. here we are. With that said, we had a really great conversation about that. So I want to revisit that. So let's, let's go back and we don't have to go through the launching of this bar and all that stuff, but we're coming up to. Friday, March 13th, which, yes, we chose Friday the 13th. We should have known. To launch the bar. (laughs) And that first Monday comes, and the big Westward story comes out. We we drop our video, which gets 100,000 views on Twitter alone. Everyone's blowing us up, right? We're, our phones are blowing up. We have uh, yeah. a business journal on Tuesday. It's just, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Now, you kind of felt like, hey, guys, this this pandemic thing, I keep hearing stuff. This thing's kind of heating up, you know? Yeah. And uh, I remember on Tuesday kind of thinking, like, I, I felt like a there was a burden on I know. Me, you know? <laughs> we all, nobody wants to say anything. You don't want to be the downer. And then Wednesday comes, and I just remember... Oh. Opening our Slack and seeing Brendan Vote say Rudy Gobert just tested positive for coronavirus uh, and they're evacuating the stadium uh, uh, within a couple, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, texts of each other, and and from then on, you know, that NBA closed NCAA tournament the next day NHL so fast and, and it was so fast and you immediately went into quarantine yeah you texted I me and said, like I'm not coming I'm going into quarantine uh, and then that Thursday Wednesday night or Thursday we put out a put out a statement saying hey we're canceling our grand opening it's going to be just an opening because the place is open we had no idea really 
about the severity of any of this stuff. It's weird how fast it happened because, like you said, I think we recorded a podcast. We did the announcement on Monday, and then I think we recorded a podcast, like you, me, Eric, and RK. And we were talking about how cool the bar was and how it came together. And and it wasn't even on our radar yet. And then that's just how quickly things had happened. I mean, I guess it was on the radar, but it was kind of like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. So... You know, it's tough timing, and let's be honest, this is this bar is in many ways, and this company certainly, but this bar is sort of the culmination of years of work for all of us. Not We haven't all been at DNVR, but we've all been, all of, our, all of us have been on the road to this point in time, and it really did feel like, for us, it felt like a reaching a mountaintop of, <laughs> in many ways, yeah. and then to reach it and immediately fall off on the other side, it's like, oh, wow. I'll never forget it. I mean, I think you'll never forget it. I don't think anybody in this company will ever forget it. And the thing I'm probably most proud of of the group that we have here is that it happened. We were all depressed, I think, for a solid week. And then we all just kind of just said, all right, what next? Like, what do we do now? I remember going through like a... I, I literally went through like the different stages of grief. Yeah. The first week was rough. The first week, I, yeah, I remember kind of being like, oh, man. And then I just went through all these different things. And and now here we are. And, and I don't even know. I mean, at this point, let's let's move it up to this point here. Well, can I, can I ask you a quick question yeah, yeah, on yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when you're the leader of a group, you have all these responsibilities on your shoulders. It's like, what if it's like being the dad. You can't always show that you're nervous or that you're... I thought those first days, like, you know, we're in the partner chat, so we all talk. But was there a point where you said, okay, I've got to put the face on for the children and go out there and kind of be like, we can do this. I, you know, I thought that I, you know, I think if you remember right, there was a couple times in the partner slack that I would just like, <laughs> yeah, melt down. yeah, exactly. That's what it's for. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, when you go and you talk to the whole group, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah you, exactly. Yeah. You got to put your big boy pants on. <laughs> You know, if I don't know, is that that's yeah, fine? To say, I think right? that's yeah, fine. Yeah, okay, that's acceptable. But yeah, I, be, you know, because you have to figure it out. And so what would happen is I and, and here's my thing is like, I won't talk to the group if I actually feel like that because yeah. I'm really bad yeah. at, at like pretending yeah, to yeah. be something else, you know? Yeah. Shocking, right? And so what I'll do is I'll just have to have a pep talk with myself yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be like, all right, you son of a bitch, like, let's go, you know? But I think that's the trade of the company. And like, obviously it all, it mostly stems from you where it's, you're a brawler. I think somebody, I think Colin Daniels might've reached out one time saying, you know, I feel this way. And I thought, I remember thinking like, you know, we're, we're a tough company. That's yeah. like a defining trait of, you yeah, know, we're yeah. a tough company. <laughs> yeah. And so like yeah, 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 you set yeah. the tone from the top and then everybody else is like, hey, we, we can do this. I, we're, I, we're up for this fight. I, I do. I do think that too. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder like, are we too, do you ever wonder, are we too tough of a company? <laughs> like <laughs> when someone, when someone says something and, oh, and I know that other people are like, I know. And I'm like, okay, give him a, just give me, go easy on him. You know? That stuff is always funny. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a quarrelsome company, but we are tough. We are tough. We'll, we're, we'll defend ourselves, I guess. Let's, let's talk about one thing that's, that's, I think, being talked about a lot right now with people working at home. This has always been kind of a media thing. And we're seeing a lot of coverage around it right now, particularly in the startup space. But it's, it's underworking. And I've been really thinking about this and and being pretty fascinated by it recently because I think that we work pretty much just all the time. Um, And that doesn't mean like, you know, 
you know, I always say like, I'm lucky enough to not have a real job and that doesn't mean that I don't work. It just means that, you know, I have a lot of respect for somebody that has to get up at a certain time and be somewhere at a certain time and be in that building during those hours. And like, and, and so I never want to act like I'm like uh, having this, this terribly tough life when other people are doing that. But with that said, working all the time means that we pretty much just like, if I text you at 1130 at night and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Like, you're going to text me right back. We're going to talk about it. Or you could, if you say like, Hey dude, I need you to send me this. Cause I'm working on this file. Like I will get out of right, right, and right. Send yeah, you that, yeah, you know? yeah. And like, that's like the life we live. And I feel like There's we no look doubt. for people that live that life. Yeah. Do you, one thing I've been thinking of lately, and we had this kind of a, a grand, uh, kind of a, a talk in front of everybody on it. AJ brought it up in Slack about a month ago, but do you ever wonder, like, is there a limit to that? Mm. Should we make people not work as much? Should, mm. you know, like, like, where is that? Like, what's that? Uh, and I never really thought of it just because I thought like we all love this. And so we all just do it all the time. Yeah. But then as we grow and we're starting to add new people and we've made hires even over the last year since you've been here. And and I'm starting to wonder like, oh, yeah. So like people are just texting that dude at like nine o'clock being like, right. yo, get these graphics yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering like, yeah. oh, oh, like uh, <laughs> not everybody's used to that. When yeah, is yeah, that yeah. going? When are we going to have to like stop that? Like, is that OK? I don't I think it really does ha- come down to the people that are part of this company. I think come into it believing, you know, the, the feeling the same ways, you know, this is a job, but it is also a hobby. Let's be honest. We're, we're so fortunate in life that the thing we do is also the thing that we love to do. And right. I always tell people this, that if I weren't doing this, if you know the job went away, I'd still be watching the Nuggets. I'd still be talking about the Nuggets to other people. You'd still be tweeting. I'd still be tweeting about yeah. it. I'd still be doing all the... I'd still be thinking about them. And you know what? Who knows? I might even be doing research on them just because it's, it's... To me, that's like... Maybe more. Maybe as, yeah, at least as much. So, <laughs> But it is a real question because I think that to be a great creative artist whatever it is writer whatever you are i do think you have to be a complete person as much as possible and to be a complete person sometimes you have to walk away and tap into the other aspects of life you have to read you have to have relationships you have to you know experience all all the different things and then i'm a big believer in sometimes when you take your mind off of the task at hand and onto another task your brain is working in background to like connect the dots and so sometimes you know you go on a hike and when you get back all of a sudden ideas are popping into your head and you're like well wow i took time off and all of a sudden my brain's working twice as hard and twice as fast that's right right. so i think there's a lot of that but the other aspect of this for me i i don't ever feel like i work too much because i just enjoy like i said it's what i want to do with my downtime so i'm just loving it but you know I also feel this might sound a little weird and maybe even a little grandiose and I don't mean it to be, but I do feel like I have a responsibility in this. What we do gets to affect people. And I, we've had, we've gotten letters from fans and we've talked to interacted with people that say, Hey man, you got me through a tough time or, mm. Hey, I didn't have a community till I got here. I really genuinely feel a sense of purpose in this job. And I think that sense of purpose is important for me to do the best, the best job that I can, but it's also just important for my own soul. So Sometimes I have to step away, but oftentimes when I'm stuck at something or, or whatever, I'm thinking, get this done because it's bringing something good to the world. Like, yeah, I feel like I'm fulfilling my mission in life when I do these types of things. And a lot of times that requires a lot of extra hours, a lot of passion and a lot of, again, authenticity and all those things. So, uh, you know, one thing that you've done a lot and it's progressing more and more is 
be more in, into a management uh, role and, and weekly calls with Beats. And we talked about installing live and how those go and working directly with Ali and all of these different things. Is there a side of management that you're starting to enjoy more than content crafting? You know what's funny is I enjoy both probably equally. I mean, I think I'm a creative probably most most at heart, but I, I really enjoy like, I don't know, prodding people and like just kind of like getting them to talk and playing that almost like analyst role or whatever. But, you know, so I, I kind of enjoy both. I, I, at my heart, I think I'm more of a creative. I'm happy if I can sit in my room for an entire week and like come up with something and whatever. But I also really, really enjoy... You know, when I was at Stiffs, I enjoyed working with all of the people there and, and doing some of the similar things and now being here with an even bigger staff and with people, you know, that are just so driven to and, and working at this full time. It's fun to say, hey, we've got 40 working hours in this week. We've got all this stuff going on. What are we going to do with it? You have an idea. It's a great idea. Let's push it. Let's pull it out. Let's push it to its max. Let's right. let's push it all the way to the edge to get the most out of that. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's fun. But I will say part of what makes it fun is the people here want the same things like you said it's all people that are here that want to get the most out of it and as as we've kind of learned each other i think people are 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 realizing these conversations can be tough but more often than not they result in something awesome you know i found when i first was getting into this and and starting bsn denver really early on i was still on air actually and the station went off air for like a month and i just ended up doing that full time and when they came back on I was like, I'm never going back there. Yeah. I'm, I, I literally was like, I'm never going back there again. Yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't love creating content. I actually am doing this podcast now because I just like, I need yeah. to create something. Yeah. But I loved building so much. And the, yeah, the building. You know? Yeah. It's so fun. It is true. It, and it's rewarding because it started as nothing and then it's here. I mean, you're how, how long are you into this com the format this well, this whole company is entire six yeah, years? Six years, yeah. Six years. And six years ago it wasn't no. this. <laughs> and it's just well, like a thing it wasn't that anything. it's like a building that you keep growing on. It's like I yeah. went to Italy last summer, right, as a vacation, and you kind of see like a cult, a society. That was weird, by the way, because it was. Well, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Then I'll, uh, yeah, I'll yeah. tag along. Because then you see like these buildings, and it's like okay, and then you built on top of that building, and you see like they say that the old Roman city is you know underground somewhere, buried somewhere, and it's just that's that's kind of like how a company evolves. That's how a person evolves, as you kind of build on the different things, and and at the end of it, you get to stand back. I do this. This is one thing I do. If I make a video. This is actually my worst quality. Is it creative? I make a video when I'm done with it. I watch it like 70 times. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what's funny is after this podcast, I will listen to the podcast. All the way through? All the way through. Wow. Before it's even like produced yeah. or anything. Yeah. Then add all the stuff. Then when it's completely done, I'll listen to it in yeah. through Apple podcasts. But yeah. Just because like, but you know what? That's how I, I swear it's important. I know it sounds weird, oh, yeah. but it's like you're absorbing all the little details, the little rhythms and like whether you consciously recognize it or not, you're kind of get it. I always say this too with movies. Like there's certain movies that really affect me that I'll watch 30 times. And it'll be like, and my wife will be like, you know, all the lines, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but it's yeah, just yeah, like, too. there's something subtle I'm picking up each new watch. Uh, you know, I, there's certain movies. If, if the movie is just this basic point A to point B to point C, then yeah. those aren't as fun to rewatch. But ones that put you in somewhere that take you somewhere. Yeah. I love watching Bronx Tale like once per quarter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so do my kids, just yeah. because I like going there, you know? Yeah. Like, I love, I know 
everyone hates the hobbit i love the hobbit yeah. i like going to that place yeah, yeah. you know what i mean but there's because movies like that those ones also are so visually like uh rich that i i feel like you are absorbing certain things <laughs> yeah. of it like even even if you don't necessarily know what you're absorbing i felt the same way about the show chernobyl which is should be a tough watch i love chernobyl Me too. i, I mean that was un- that's going into another time it uh, really is it really and it, it like really nails was. it and it's it's so like the detail and level they went to, but also the way it's filmed. And like, sometimes I'm watching it and I'm just like, Oh, I get it. I'm like, there's something I'm taking from it that I'm going to bring over to this style to a completely different format that I'm like, yeah, the good thing I watched it 50 times. So I really observed Eric it. Eric has me watching this show called succession right yeah. now that for some weird reason I'm still in. Do you, are you loving it? I'm in about episode six and it's getting better and better. Okay. So did you not like it? So I went through like three episodes and I, I could tell that it was building, but I just haven't gotten into it yeah. yet. Like it has a I lot know I will. of weak characters, yeah. it, like flawed characters, right. not weak. Yeah. Has a lot of flawed oh, I think they're kind of weak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it has this weird thing where it's serious, but it also has its, like, uh, the office moments. So oh, it, right, it is yeah. kind of a weird, like, they zoom in and it's a, so. I got to get into it, man. <laughs> okay, so what's the most radical change that you see happening in sports media in the, in the near future? Oh, wow. Well, I'm a big believer that not only are things changing fast in media right now but the speed of which they're changing is getting faster like the rate of change is faster so that question is interesting because i think one of the most important skills a media company can have in 2020 and it'll be more true going forward is just the ability to adapt and adapt quickly and so changes we've talked about this a little bit i wouldn't be surprised if broadcasts completely are transformed let's think about this way one you can't stop how people people are illegally streaming live sporting events now and it's just like whack-a-mole you can't get rid of them i don't think they'll ever be able to get rid of all of these popping up but you can also get your analysis a post-game show we're starting to do it used to be only one person could do one a podcast anybody can do so yeah it's so i right. think those things will become more and more immersed in people's sports watching experience i don't think it's crazy to think of a time in the not too distant future when you tune in to watch the broncos versus the raiders and you can pick who your broadcast announcer is because there's a hundred different people doing it on some app on discord or whatever and it's like you know what i'm gonna watch this but i'm gonna listen to this i wouldn't even be surprised if you could customize what angle of camera you want like you know what i kind of like the qb helmet mode i'm gonna do i select i opt into that option and i want my twitter feed up so i opt into that i I just think that those things are already happening already across multiple platforms. You watch a game and your Twitter feed at the same time. Maybe you listen to this person talking on the radio while you watch it on TV and all these different things. And I think at some point in the near future, these things will start to come together on one platform where you can really tailor your broadcast. So you have the Brandon Spano broadcast settings. (laughs) I'm not sure if anyone wants that one. (laughs) So, you know, what's crazy about this is that I have a perfect example of how fast it changes and the perspective attached to that right here in our company. Three years ago, we do golf videos. Yeah. I come away thinking like that was the most painful experience of my life. Videos take forever to do. We're talking because we're doing some golf stuff. We're actually, we're, well, there's no reason to hide it. We're about to launch a DNVR golf membership. Nice. You're going to be able to sign up. Is this the announcement? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I like it. It rewards the people for listening (laughs) to this. They get the the early, the early Um, end. Can't wait. It'll be tied with a CGA membership. So people will get a real handicap and we're going to have these events and stuff like that. And 
Adam and Ryan are uh, are hammering away at the details of what this beat looks like. It's gonna be dope. Uh, it's not a beat. We gotta go whatever it is, an arm, <laughs> whatever it is, an extension. But you know, you were talking videos, and I immediately was emotionally triggered by my old golf videos, yeah. and then the way you laid it out, you're like, dude, listen, we go out there and we shoot this and this yeah. and this, and we cut them up. And I said, oh, oh, well, that makes sense. And so that's like the, 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 the next level of, okay, so video's not that painful. Well, now it actually takes another level from you right. because I show you these potential options that we have to do Insta videos with our yeah. new social media director, Michaela, who's amazing. And you say like, I think those are awesome, but I'd be surprised if she could do them in, you know, under three hours. Right, right. And so today I talk to her and I say, yeah, I think everyone's really excited, but you know, I think that people are wondering, Hey, could you do these under three hours? She said, Oh, guaranteed. Right. This is an hour, an hour and a half every day. Yeah. It's as crazy. long as they get the template. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and there'll be a time three years from now where we hire somebody that she's over and yeah. she's like, yeah, we might have the time. And they might say like, this it's, is a 20 minute video, Michaela. It's 10 seconds <laughs> yeah. using this new app. Like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is insane. Exactly. It's so true. <laughs> but there's also the production quality because I do think that 10 years ago you thought like studio quality was this nice thing. But it, at the end of the day, the way inter the internet has changed things, you want the content to be great. The format of it, the delivery of it, people people are used to FaceTiming. It's not perfect video, but you know it works. Would you rather watch a Dave Chappelle stand-up that was filmed on an iPhone, or like a Dane Cook that was shot by Martin Scorsese? <laughs> like, you know what? There's no dressing up this stupid. You know, this that was amazing. One. You, want, you want to get the great thing. So I think that's one thing. I that, would probably still watch both. Just, <laughs> just, to say, just so I can see, like, what did he do yeah. with Dane Cook? Let's yeah. see if he can salvage this thing. It's like, wow. <laughs> Oh, Scorsese really went deep on this really dark. He really helped the shit in the coats <laughs> joke. Uh, no, but like that's the whole thing about these live videos is is you the quality of it from like a production standpoint can be a little bit a little bit lower than maybe what the standard was ten years ago. But as long as the content's interesting, people will watch it or listen to it or whatever, read it or whatever. Where do you think this company is in in five years? If you had to guess, oh man. I mean, I, part of me, this is weird because I don't like we have we've talked about certain things I almost don't want to share. So, like, <laughs> yeah. specific Should we not things. do this one? Should yeah, I cut I, this you out? know what I would say is that I really hope I, I think that in a lot of ways we are inventing a, a new way of covering, and that sounds a little too grandiose because other people have done similar things. But I think we're we're creating a new mold. In yeah, a lot it, of ways. it's like a new way to connect. Yeah, right. There's all these yeah. different tentacles that are yeah. out there, if for lack of a better term. We're different than a lot of you know. We're different than the Denver Post. We're not the Denver Post. We're we're different than you know the Fan or, or any of those. We have you, elements of all of them. Even like the Athletic. We're even very, the Athletic. Very yeah, like so we have elements of all of those, and I think that where are we in five years? Hopefully, continuing to create the next generation of all of this stuff because. As much as I think we do enjoy sort of creating something, uh, you know, looking back at the things that we've accomplished, I mean, we, we all get footloose. And so I hope we're creating the, the next, next generation of, uh, of content. And maybe at a, 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 an, an enormous bar or like the parties are just in the, the thousands. We're counting our watch parties by the thousands, not the hundreds. You actually did say we should eventually do like a South by Southwest hey man. Like summer festival every year. People don't, you Which don't. actually isn't that bad of an idea. I mean, it's, I think we could pull that off. I was very point. inspired by the fire festival. Just, just so inspired by it <laughs> that we got to try it. No, I mean, look, man, you know, we've do had, we have, who's the Ja Rule equivalent for us? Oh man, who can we get? 
shit. Yeah. Focus. We got to, who can we find? We'll I'll be like think Chris Anderson. This. Yeah, the Birdman. There it is. <laughs> the bird, <laughs> <man. laughs> bird fest. Um, he's in. I'm sure of it. Uh, <laughs> No, we throw out crazy. And that's one of the things we have a really good synergy, in my opinion. I, maybe you you agree or disagree, but with me, you, Eric, and, and RK, and sometimes we throw out very tangible low hey, like low ideas that are like, okay, we can get this done in the next week. And then sometimes we throw out ideas that are like, this would be the craziest thing ever. But you know, why not? Why not the DNVR casino? Okay. Right. 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 Why not DNVR airlines? <laughs> okay, maybe not that crazy. Our luck is we would have launched DNVR airlines instead of DNVR bar. Yeah. Exactly. Right, right before the pandemic. Cruise line. So, what does a post-pandemic sports world look yeah, like? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Man, that's a really interesting one. I think the world might take a while to get back to normal. But I mean, we we know this already that as you know, you tell everybody, okay, now it's safe. Well, you don't feel safe. Are you people are fans going to be going back to the arenas the same way they were? I think for football, of course, but you know, the Broncos or the Nuggets already wouldn't sell out every game. Do those numbers go down by so much? Do people's mm. habits of okay, I used to never do this thing, but now, but now I, I never used to watch my YouTube TV, but now I do. I don't know. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like have fifty million people learned how to cook in the last ninety days? hundred. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I, I do think that it's going to change in in a lot of different ways. I do think people are finding new media every day, and it's not just the young people. I think even old people are becoming you know like oh a podcast okay it's not that hard to, to manage how do I do that and oh this is actually kind of cool so I, I don't know I just think I think people will become more immersed in the in the communities and the cultures that are built because at the end of the day our lives are becoming more online think about this this way Randon 10 years ago if you would have said I have a good buddy how many times you met him three times like that would have been insane. But now I feel that way. Like yeah, there's a yeah, lot of yeah, people yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. You said that sometimes you got you guys the other day, the other week you had someone on like you had Joel Rush on. Oh, I was yeah. Like, oh yeah, I like Joel Rush. Yeah. I've never met never Joel met, Rush. Yeah, he's all he's like cool. He's just like I talked to him on Twitter. He's a nice guy. He's a ten hour flight away. Like he's not even he's not even <laughs> he's remotely not even close. Country. Yeah. So uh no, I think that as that becomes more and more common and just more and more like we don't think that's weird anymore. Ten years, I think it's especially not going to be weird. Those communities that you build online will become more and more important. And then, you know, I guess finally, before we go to the final questions on this, how do you feel about and and coming in? How did you feel about the entire paywall model and yeah. creating content behind a subscription wall? Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's interesting what we've built here because we've had so many people that have said, like, I want to buy another subscription. I've had people tell me, like, yeah. I, you guys don't charge enough for the paywall. That's really interesting. But at the same time, I, of course, know that there are people that either don't have the means to subscribe or just haven't yet made that plunge. I am curious what the world looks like five to ten years as more and more things become mm -hmm. a subscription model. If it just becomes a part of how people budget their monthly salary, like, okay, I subscribe to ten different things and these are my ten things. The same way you do to cable. I, I mean, cable is a subscription. <laughs> you know, that you, you pay a monthly fee right, and you right, get right. these products. Well, did you see YouTube just went to like right, yeah. 69 bucks 69 bucks, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, They're trying to replace cable, obviously. So I think right now we're in that in intermediate point in time where it hasn't quite fully become the thing yet but at five to ten years i do think it'll be more common and you know i feel proud enough of our product and what we put out there that i, I, I i'm with it
Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think that the one thing that it does do is it really creates this this culture and community. Oh, totally. You know, they're like in they're like it's it's like not that other places don't have communities, but the paywall it's like they're like blood brothers. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you yeah. bought in, so you feel a part of it. Like yeah, you're yeah, almost yeah. having a little bit of an ownership to this. And I say the one thing that I think makes sense and this is sort of the smart business strategy that you put in place, but you don't just get access to extra articles at DNVR. You also get the member beers. You get discounts on merchandise. You get like, you, there's all types of other things. And I think going forward, by the way, I, maybe we're not giving away too much, but it's going to be more and more. Like yeah, that right. DNVR membership just becomes right. the the behind the paywall content almost becomes just another in the larger universe of DNVR things you get for being a member. And right, right. So it, it, it's, it's a pass to Denver. It's a pass to, that's exactly, yeah. it, that's exactly it. We want to yeah. create a pass to Denver. And oh, by the way, you also get to read the list <laughs> on, on DNVR Nuggets. <laughs> Which does do numbers. The list does do numbers. I can't wait to have a list. Me again. neither, man. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to be up till four in the morning cutting clips. You know, the one thing that is crazy about this is that it, just to give the people who are listening this little insight, and I was going to mention this earlier, so, but I would throw this out here before we end this is, you know, I was trying to get you over here for years. Yeah. And we would have like an annual coffee. Yeah. Where I would like, we would like test the waters. And a couple times it was close. Yeah, for sure. It was like Especially really the last close. one. Yeah. And you were like, all right, I think this, and then you would call on Monday and be like, I just don't think it's it's time yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah, yeah. You know? uh, I thought after the last one you wouldn't call again <laughs> for that very for that exact reason because I I had almost said yes. So I think that I think it maybe felt I, I was worried. I was like, man, I hope that didn't burn completely burn the bridge. But I'll say this, and I don't know how you feel about it. I actually don't think it would have been the same if I would have come over a year earlier, or two years, or yeah, whatever. I yeah. don't think it would have. I think we both arrived at the place we needed to be to sort of part partner up yeah yeah no totally uh, totally we were kind of doing on the avs and broncos beat and trying on rockies uh, you know admittedly what you were doing on nuggets and you know that was exactly what we were trying to do yeah you know and i was looking at that and i was saying this is that is exactly who we are and what we're trying to be I mean, we had the guy that was making shirts for yeah, you yeah. was making the shirts for us, except yeah. without nuggets, yeah. because Eric's a loyal guy, right? Yeah. So he's got he's doing the three other teams for us. He's doing nuggets for you, and it was just like it was reason after reason after, and it was just like it, this was the time, kind of like you said, where it made all the sense. Yeah, we were going to bring all the shirts over. We we're going to bring the guy over. We, you know, we even brought vote. Like we brought. Okay, let's yeah. let's actually do this. And Eric's such a mad scientist, man. I mean, like the, he played such a huge role, I think, in all of it, both on your end and on my yeah, end, of just yeah. kind of saying, "Hey, man, this is actually a great sort of like combination here." Eric like, was like your agent during. That. It kind of was. I mean, yeah, like he just. And he was probably you probably felt like he was my agent. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, I think I saw exactly what was going on here because I knew what Eric wanted. And I was like, but, you know, he's good at selling like he had the he had the great vision, as did you and, and RK when we met. And it's like, you know what? This is it all. It just became clear. And I'm not saying I saw where we would be right here at this very moment, but. You saw like, okay, this makes sense. It's it's going to be really cool, and there's going to be a lot of creative energy and opportunity to do to do some really cool stuff. And I, I keep saying it's the last question, but this one will be before we go to the last. <laughs> Talk about working with RK. You guys work side by side a lot. I throw a lot in your plate. 
And, you know, it's really fascinating because you guys are, you guys have some really similar things about you. You guys are kind of like, you kind of cover your teams in the same way and you kind of address your community in a similar fashion. And you, it's, it's, I don't know. And you both have this, this thing about you guys that you're, you're kind of like cult leaders. I'm sure you're not, you're probably not comfortable (laughs) with that, but just talk about that a little bit, that relationship. No, and it's one that like continues to sort of, to sort of grow. But when we first met, you know, I knew what, what you provided to the company. I knew that probably a year ago, you know, you were going to be aggressive. You were going to be, you know, pushing, pushing the envelope, getting things done. But I had never really met RK and kind of getting to know him and following his work. I started following him maybe in the months leading up to uh, to hopping on board. I actually took the months leading up to our first meeting. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, here's another guy that gets it. Here's another guy that has the charisma, that has the creativity, that has all these things. And also, by the way, has the same vision. And that I think more than anything else, it was that. It was just like, all right. The visions are aligned. We can get this done. We, there's the talent, and as long as we're all moving in the same direction, we're, we're going to get it done. Okay, here we go. The most important book to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, I should have prepared for these coming in. <laughs> it's the Brothers Karamazov. It's a Dostoevsky book. Okay. It's a funny question now because I haven't read it for 10 you gotta years. you got to text me that. The Brothers Karamazov? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah. you can put it in the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is like Russian literature. This is, oh, is going to be the most far left field like uh, answer you'll ever have on the show. <laughs> you can do the show for another 100 years. You'll never get another like random, <laughs> random ass book like that. But yeah, it's a really, really good, really... To me, it was a, a very important book at an important time in my life. That's why I say it's the most important. Okay, okay. Because that's a side of you not a lot of people know. There's like a grower side of you. There's like this um, this, this kind of... I mean, grower's a good term, but you know what I'm saying. This this, this, this kind of self, retrospective... Self, self, are you yeah, talking yeah. about self-growth? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm like... You say I'm weird, which is accurate, but I think I'm like in some ways painfully reflective you know yeah, like yeah, like yeah. overly reflective sure, which is sure. like i'm like that too which yeah. at its best we actually have a more in common than oh we, for than, sure than, no than, yeah i <laughs> it's funny yeah my wife one time when we first went out or something I, I remember she said something to the effect of like you and spano are the only ones that are like i don't remember the term she she said but like we came up in like same similar families and stuff like there you know yeah. there's like a similar yeah, yeah, type yeah. of person <laughs> you know so anyway yeah for sure but no i'm just very very reflective i would say most underrated athlete of all time nikola jokic that's the easy answer my answer like most of the time we go here this guy said i'm telling this i asked you before we went live i said who's the best player in their sport who five years into their career wasn't considered an all-time oh, great oh, oh. And, you, and that's him and he might end up being that guy like i still believe it i i know i'm the this is where i'm the homer i don't care if you believe me or not but this is just my thing the denver nuggets have their larry bird and people just still don't quite understand it yeah it's crazy because he just doesn't he doesn't look the way like people aren't ready for yeah. that because it doesn't look the way that they're that that he's supposed to look and be. Yeah, and that's not just like because he's a white dude. It's like because he's because of the way he moves, because right. the way he is, the position he plays, like yeah. what his strengths inside of the position. Like right. it's like a it's like a. He's also different. He never did it this way before. I mean, maybe he's the DNVR of athletes, right? Because it's like sometimes people are like, well, that's not that good. We've never seen it before. Yeah, but just wait. Just watch. It's it's unique. The space or business that you're most excited about uh, in the near future? Oh, I guess you'd have to say outside of sports media because, of course, that's like where I'm where I'm most interested. Uh, you know what? Here's where we're. we're it could the... be sports media. I mean, Ryan said sports betting. Sports betting. I just uh, yeah. I'm, I think it's cool. I'm not if I'm that excited for it. 
You'll laugh at this because this is another thing we share. If it's completely outside of sports, space exploration. Okay. Because I really I mean when I talk about like people having like a responsibility to like society, I do really do think there's something inspiring about space. It's just so complex and so massive and so vast that forget all of the tangible benefits of like oh doing this building colony or whatever. Just like my kids being able to be like, hey, do you want to see that documentary from Mars? Let's let's watch that together. And there's something very, to me, that's like very inspiring about that. Yeah, it's, I mean, what's, ha what, you know, what SpaceX is doing right now is incredible. Yeah. And, and who knows what that's going to look like even 20 years from now. Blue Origin, Rocket Labs, there's like a bunch of these new sort of space companies and I... We went, both of us have gone most of our lives without that cool of space stuff, right? Like, yeah, we haven't yeah, had yeah. any walking on the moon. We right, haven't had right, anything right, cool. Right, right. And we're, I think in the next decade, we'll have some cool, cool uh, benchmarks. Yeah, well, we now have, I mean, rockets that are landing at the space station, yeah. doing whatever, flying back and landing, and they're reusable, and right. they're biodegradable. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> but just think about when you get to Mars for the first time, or, you know. Oh, moons of Saturn. It'll, just, I, it'll be so cool. I, I remember the f watching a video of a robot that walked in Mars. Yeah, exactly. I watched that video like a hundred yeah, times. Exactly. And I was it, like so enamored it by it. It moves like eight feet per day. You're just <laughs> like, wow, okay. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on. Really amazing. And man, I'm, I hope to God sports starts oh, actually does start soon with all of these it will. Names popping up and all this stuff, but hopefully it does, and uh, we can continue on this on this journey, man. Because I would say Eric says we were it was beyond confident. I forgot the word he said. Oh the yeah, night, yeah, for sure. Before the pandemic, of hit, course, man. We were just uh, like so cocky, like, yeah. and then boom, yeah. slammed. So back to reality. Back to reality. But here we are. Here we are. We'll we're build doing it some again. Cool stuff. It's all working. So, hey, why don't you let everybody just know real quick what we have going off across the company with the live streams. I know Avs just launched one. You guys are doing a lot of cool stuff on DNBA. So just give everybody kind of a landscape on the content side because you know that side much better than I do. Yeah, I think here we're two and a half, three weeks away from sports starting to pack back up. And every single beat, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets will have post-game shows live from the bar not always from the bar for all the shows, but many of them from the bar. And those are just going to be opportunities for you to hang out. And I think what's cool about our shows that no other shows really can do is you can be a part of it. You want to hop in and talk to us for two, three minutes, share your question. The technology's there. We've got it set up. You can be a member, a DNVR member. You can hop on. Let's chat and let's keep the game alive. It's, 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 it's so much fun. And it grows with every episode because people, I think, once you, once you give it a try, you're hooked. Super awesome. They can probably hear in the background, uh, DNVR bars just opened up and there's music going back there. So we're going to, we're going to get out of here. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks for the time, man. And Hey, everybody, uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll have another one for you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Yeah.